An Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales Book 2, Chapter 17 How to Hear and Read the Word of God Always give good heed to the Word of God, whether you hear or read it in private or hearken to it when publicly preached. Listen with attention and reverence. Seek to profit by it, and do not let the precious words fall unheeded. Receive them into your heart as a costly balsam. Imitate the Blessed Virgin, who kept all the sayings concerning her Son in her heart. And remember that, according as we hearken to and receive God's words, so will He hearken and receive our supplications. It is well always to have at hand some good devotional works, such as those of St. Bonaventure, Gerson, Dennis the Carthusian, Blosius, Granada, Stella, Arias, Pinelli, Dupont, Avila, the Spiritual Combat, the Confessions of St. Augustine, the Epistles of St. Jerome, and other such, and to read some portion daily, counting them as letters from the saints in heaven, intended to show you the road there and give you courage to follow it. Also, study the lives of the saints, in which you will behold a portrait of the true Christian's life as in a mirror, and you can adapt their examples to your own life. For although those who live in the world cannot in all things imitate the saints, yet all may in some measure follow in their blessed steps. As, for example, in your spiritual retirement you can imitate St. Paul the First Hermit. In self-imposed poverty, the poverty of St. Francis. And so on with others. Some are more suited than others to guide our lives, such as the life of the Holy St. Teresa, those of the first Jesuits, of St. Charles Borromeo, Archbishop of Milan, St. Louis, St. Bernard, the Chronicles of St. Francis, and such like. Others are rather calculated to attract our wonder than our imitation, such as St. Mary of Egypt, St. Simon Stylites, and the two saints, Catherine of Siena and of Genoa. Nevertheless, these may serve to excite us to a warmer desire after the holy love of God. Chapter 18 How to Receive Inspirations By inspirations, I mean all the affections, attractions, inward reproaches and regrets, perceptions and illuminations with which God moves us, working in our hearts through His fatherly love and care, in order to awaken, to kindle, lead, and draw us to heavenly love and holy desires. In short, all that forwards our eternal welfare. These are the voice of the Beloved knocking at the door, speaking to the heart of His bride, wakening her when she sleeps, calling her when she is absent, 
offering her the honey, the milk, and the fruits of his garden, filling her ears with the sound of his most sweet and lovely voice. To draw a comparison from our common life, before marriage is arranged, the bride must have three things. First, it must be proposed to her. Second, she must hearken to the proposition. And thirdly, she must give her consent. So, when God would work in us, by us, and with us some good work, He begins by suggesting it, by His inspiration. Next, we receive the suggestion. And lastly, we consent to it. There are three steps downward toward sin, i.e., temptation, delight, and consent. And in the same way, three steps upward toward virtue, inspiration, as opposed to temptation, pleasure in the inspiration, as opposed to delight in temptation, and consent to inspiration, as opposed to consent to temptation. Though the inspiration should continue during our whole life, it is of no avail, unless we take delight in it. But rather we the more offend God, as did the Israelites with whom he strove for forty years seeking to convert them, while they hardened their hearts and would not hear, so that he swore in his wrath that they should not enter into his rest. Just as one who had long loved a woman would feel injured if, after all, she were to set aside his attachment. It is a great step toward glorifying God when we delight in his inspirations. And in so doing, we begin to please him. For although such delight falls short of entire consent, Yet it shows an inclination to it. And just as it is a good sign when we take pleasure in hearing God's word, which may be called an outward inspiration, so is our delight in his inward inspirations a pleasing and acceptable thing in his sight. Of this kind of pleasure the sacred spouse said, My soul melted when my beloved spoke. And so an earthly lover is content when he sees that his love is esteemed and prized. But the perfection lies in consent, for if after receiving inspiration and that gladly we still refuse to consent to it, we greatly offend God and despise his goodness. So it was with the bride. For although the voice of her beloved had reached her heart, yet she delayed to open the door to him, offering an idle excuse, and so he withdrew himself and departed. And so an earthly lover who had been received and encouraged would feel more aggrieved if he was rejected afterwards than if he had never been encouraged at all. Resolve then to receive gratefully all God's inspirations, and make haste to receive them with reverence, as the ambassadors of the heavenly King 
who would espouse you to himself. Hearken meekly to their words. Cultivate the love you feel and cherish the holy inspiration. Consent to it fully, lovingly, and ceaselessly. For then God, whom we cannot place under an obligation, will yet hold himself greatly obliged to your love. But before you act upon these inspirations in any important or unusual matters, take counsel from your spiritual guide, so that he may judge whether your inspiration is true or false. For when the enemy sees a soul ready to consent to inspirations, he often seeks to deceive it, an evil which will never arise, as long as you are obedient to your director in all humility. Having consented, be diligent to procure the fruits in good works, which are the crowning point of virtue. For consent in the heart producing no outward results is like a vine that bears no fruit. Your morning exercise well performed will greatly promote this, inasmuch as it leads you not only to general but to specific good actions. End of Chapter 18